soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And then we need to inspire the people we lead and serve to be the best version they can be of their lives in Jesus Christ. This is the objective of our culture in the ministries we lead. If they do it for football, how much more should we do it for the kingdom? When we think about Isaac, in his sowing in the land and in his reaping a hundredfold in the one year, he's he's rolling. In a famine, he's the MVP. The neighbors are jealous of him. He's different than them. He's not lusting for someone else's wife like his neighbors. Who is this woman? What's her story? You know, the men come after his wife. We're told that in this chapter earlier on. But he's like, okay. And in the midst of famine, no excuses. In a losing culture, in a scoreboard totally against you, He sows and he reaps a hundredfold in that year. And it says the Lord blessed him. That's you being your best you in character of Christ in the Holy Spirit and the fruit of Christ coming forth from your life by the spirit to the benefit of others in, in and through the glory of the kingdom of God. So as we think about his sowing and his reaping, now we come to these three Key different uses associated with prospering. So let's look at them. The man began to prosper. And he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's progressive. His father was given the promises progressively by the Lord. They expanded. We saw that. This is progressive. This is the woman whose life is extremely fruitful. This is the man whose life is extremely fruitful. I just have to draw your attention to it again. The man began to prosper. So we need to think about that. And he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. This is what we want people to see from our life the Holy Spirit working in us, Christ magnified. That we would begin to prosper in that relationship with Christ to a greater degree. That we would continue prospering in a spirit-filled life like Galatians would tell us in the fruit of the Spirit to a greater degree until we are so prosperous in everything we do that we walk in the room, we tilt the room because we are just prospering in the power of the Holy Spirit to the witness and the glory of Jesus Christ. This is who we want to be. This is what we want our life to be like. As we're wrapping up 2019 and we, many of us had goals and New Year's resolutions, stuff like that, and we'll, we'll start reloading, right? Or 
maybe reloading right now, been reflecting a lot about this last year in my own life, all the changes. I mean, just in two months, I had Luke and Bell and Clementine living with us. Then he got the great job with Hyundai, Hyundai and Corey, our former deacon, he moved to Denver. Now he's thriving and he's prospering in Denver. He loves his job. He's, he's crushing it. It's incredible. His superiors are blown away, and I knew they would be. He's, Luke's incredible. Then Jake and Leah moved in with us with the grandkids because they bought a house and they had to do all this work on it, and they were house homeless for a while between transition. They were in the same room, and then they moved in their house, and right when they moved in the house, Hannah and Nate came, and they took the room. Meanwhile, Timmy's still in the shed, which is not really quite a shed, but kind of is. But if you live on a ship for three months in Alaska, a shed looks pretty good. And now today, Timmy moved into his room. In just two months, we've had the change of every one of our kids have lived in the room with the view of the street. Nothing stays the same. And no matter who's in that room across the hall, we want to keep growing, and we want to keep sowing, and we want to keep prospering in the things of the Spirit. If you told me in January, the beginning of this year, that that would take place, I wouldn't have known what to think. See, every year brings different things our way that we're not sure about. You might have job security. You might have job insecurity. The insecure job might become the most stable job, and the stable job might be gone in a day. You just never know. Things can change so fast. But what doesn't change is our lives sowing to the Spirit and reaping the fruit of a Spirit-filled life to the benefit of the kingdom of God in and through the local church, to the universal church, and to the community and the people around us who do not know the Lord. That will never change. So what I'm saying is our sowing in a famine or in prosperity, our sowing where there's peace or conflict, the consistency is the Lord who does not change. And so as you think about what a new year, what this year finishing looks like, and what you think a new year might look like, God's not going to change in his primary objectives for our life, his blessings and promises over our life, and the macro of what he wants to do in and through our life. Now, location, specifics, logistics, that, that can change profoundly. That's like Paul said, I've learned to abound, I've learned to abase, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we want to sow. Before he prospered, what happened? You can see it in the text. So let's leave a blank. He began to prosper after he sowed. If you're the center of your universe and everything orbits around you, then that's not, that's not really how it works. Sowing is losing your life in Christ, and it's serving others for Christ. That's where the sowing begins. If it's a me-centric life that you live, it's about you. But if it's a Christ-centered life, it's about Christ and others, and you're sowing. So givers sow, takers take. They're the, they're the gravitational pull. Givers give, and they keep on giving because they're always willing to keep on forgiving. Takers take, and it's never enough, even when they've almost taken all your stuff. So you have to decide, and I think most of you here I know pretty well, the disposition is your givers. Givers sow. He began to prosper when he sowed. One of my favorite sports quotes for years has been the great Wayne Gretzky, the hockey player, said, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. 
Mike McIntosh is the Calvary Chapel version of this, where Mike McIntosh will attempt any ministry at any time, anywhere, under any circumstance. That guy has, if he was a fisherman at Huntington Pier, he'd have 50 poles on each side of the pier out there by rubies. I mean, he's just always casting his net, always like, hey, let's try this, let's try that, let's try this, let's try that. Alex Lopez said to me just last week, we were talking about ministry and youth and the future generation, and he said, you know, you just try different ideas, and he goes, you only need to come up with the one that works. That's a good insight. You, you put 20 poles in the water, you just need one to catch the fish for dinner, right? He began to prosper when he began to sow. And I, I would just say the application is so simple here. If you want to be more fruitful with Christ and the character of Christ in your life going forward in a new year, and if you want to see more fruit coming from your life, for the glory of Christ through the kingdom and the local church connected to the universal church and a witness to the world, then sow more. Sow more of your time to the kingdom. Give more of your time and your energy. Give God more time to speak to you. A couple highlights for this last year for me was my affliction with my back. This is the most pain I've ever had in my life was April 2019. The most excruciating, I've never passed out from pain. It was the most excruciating experience of my life physically. But through it all, I got much closer to the Lord. And I read Elizabeth Elliot's book on suffering. And it really spoke to me in my suffering. And I do believe it's truly made me at least a bit more empathetic to people who have physical pain and suffer, which is a good thing, right? I mean, you want me to be more empathetic towards suffering people at the end of 2019 than when I started, right? I want you to be more empathetic, right? Don't we want to be more empathetic and compassionate toward people that maybe we can't relate to? I never realized I, I would be sympathetic for people with extreme pain, but I didn't understand what extreme pain felt like. But that month of April... But I, I made time for the Lord because obviously there's nothing else I could do except cry out for mercy. And you know, you listen. Pain will get you listening. It'll stop your world. More time. More passion. Greater zeal and commitment and focus for the kingdom. How could you ever go wrong? But, and, but what you sow is what you reap. Paul said, if we sow sparingly, he said to the Corinthians, we will reap sparingly. But if we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. Now, in the context, he's talking about offerings, but the principle applies to the spiritual, which is really my point tonight. And I might as well be talking to me in a mirror because this is for me. I need to lead by example. John Corson looked me in the eyes 30 years ago when he took me out to lunch in Applegate, and he looked at me, and he looked me square in the eyes and said, Joey, the church congregation rarely rises above the temperament of its leader, so hold a high standard in your life. So I want to keep raising the standard, not a self-righteous standard, just a, a standard of excellence, just a standard of excellence. Be the best me in Jesus to the benefit of the church. Not just the local, but universal. Been going to Chile for years and these other places that we've done with ministry, England. I don't want the 2010 version of Joy in England going to Russia in 2020. 
We need a much better version. We want to get better. We will reap more of the things of the Spirit when we sow more of the things of the Spirit. When we sow more of the things of the Spirit in and through our life, then we will begin to prosper. And what greater capacity can we prosper than if we're prospering in the things of the Spirit to the glory of Christ in our life? That's when we begin. Sow more, more time, more commitment, more Billy Graham YouTube, more Chuck Tapes, more godly books. Build up your inner woman. Build up your inner man. Build up and sow. Take the initiative. Take the initiative to grow personally in your walk with the Lord. Not manufacturing, but just naturally in that relationship. Isaac had to find his own faith. And I believe as he sowed in the land, going back and forth in that field, he found his faith. Because we see his first altar being built later in the chapter. You find your faith as you're sowing. It's funny because where you put your money at and your time and your energy, you have a great interest in. You ever notice that? When kids have to pay half the price for their surfboard or their bike or whatever, they value it so much more than if you just gave it to them. You begin to prosper when you sow. You begin to prosper when you sow. You want to prosper more, sow more. It's that simple. Then we read that second thing is he continued prospering. So many of you are very good at sowing. You guys sow your time. You sow your energy, your resources. You drive around listening to praise music. You listen to Chuck tapes or whatever, and you read godly books. You do that. Many of you are self-initiated in prospering for the things of the Spirit, and you sow to the things of the Spirit. And that's, that's awesome, and we want to continue to do that because that's what it says. He began to prosper when he sowed this way, and then he can continued prospering. So it's never one and done. We don't ever want to be one and done with the Lord. We don't want our best day with the Lord to be years ago. We want our best day with the Lord to be today as we're moving with faith and expectation to what today has and what what the Lord has for us around the corner with tomorrow. We want to continue prospering. It's ongoing. It's always sad when you read about the kings in the Old Testament in the, in the tribe of Judah and the northern tribes of Israel where they start out good, but they rarely ever finish good. And there's a great warning for people as they get older to look out that you don't kick it. You know, Jesus told that parable in Luke chapter 12. Oh, I've done well, build bigger barns and do well for my soul. But you foolish man, tonight your soul will be required of you. We want to kick it. I want to kick it. Safe and soft is is easier than hard and difficult, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we move toward comfort. But in the real world, people fill the wells that your dad dug, and they try and make life hard for you, and they lust for your wife. And they drive you from being, because you're successful at work, they drive you from the workplace because they fear that you're going to take their job. And they're jealous of you. And then when you become the big, big boss, 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 then they come back and say, hey, kind of sorry about that misunderstanding back there over at the divisional office a few years back. Can we make a covenant? And you're the godly woman, you're the godly man, you say, it's all good. It's all good. Sure. Well of oaths. Beersheba. We're good here. Man. See, to continue to prosper means we have to stay on track 
keep doing the right thing and fight through the confrontations and the conflicts and the jealousies and these petty things and even major things. And we need to keep rising above them because as Isaac was in the land and the men were lusting for his wife too, where he feared his life and God said, don't be afraid. They clogged the wells and you need the courage to go unclog the wells, but you're pumped. They're like, these are my dad's wells. God gave this land to my dad. I'm going to unplug these wells and I'm going to show these Philistines what's going on. And then you realize there's a lot more Philistines in their houses than in your house. But you still unplug those wells. And they drive you away. So, okay, well, I'm going to go dig some new wells. And you do those wells. And their boys show up like, hey, these are our wells, man. Beat it. So you name the first well, Well of Contention, because there's contention. I know you're a good manager, but you don't get to manage this store. Now, beat it. Go to Santa Ana or something. This isn't your store. Then you get to another well, like, hey, this is a great job. I'm thriving. I got this new position. It's going great. And then someone shows up, hey, it's a Philistine. I'm not another Philistine. Hey, hey, these are our wells. You know my dad owns this company? I don't care. These are our wells. It's a well of strife. But you keep on prospering. You keep on sowing. You keep on forgiving. You keep on letting it go. You keep on producing the character of Christ. You keep on seeing the kingdom. You keep on seeing the promises because you're the son of promise and your name means laughter because there's joy in the Lord because his promises are ridiculous sometimes. They'll make everyone hysterically laugh like a coin in the mouth of a fish to pay your tax. God is awesome. And then you come to the well of spaciousness, the well of spaciousness where it is good. You pitch your tent, you build your altar, and you say, praise the Lord. You say, God is the Lord, and you call on the Lord, and you gather around, and you just praise the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, before he's even the God of Jacob. You know, they always say that, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob throughout the Old Testament. Well, Isaac is like, the God of Abraham and me, Isaac. It's still happening. It's fluid, like it is with our lives tonight in the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ but continuing prospering. Paul, when he wrote the Philippians, said, not that I have attained. I've not attained. But I forget those things that lie behind. I press on what lies ahead to the upward God of calling Christ Jesus. I forget the well of contention. I forget the well of strife. I just keep sowing. I just keep sowing. And I found the well of spaciousness. I'm just going to keep sowing and unplugging wells and doing the right thing, building altars and living in a tent. I'm going to keep on sowing to the Spirit, to the promises, and it's, I'm not going to change who I am because these guys are lusting after my wife because they're jealous of my success and because they're clogging my daddy's wells. I'm going to keep, I'm going to be, Shakespeare said to their own self be true. I would say this, to Jesus Christ be true because he's not going to change. And ultimately we fly under that flag of Jesus Christ in the gospel. To the cross of Christ be true. It's all under his authority. And he is the final authority. So you continue to prosper. Not that I've yet attained. Peter, near the end of his life, he said, add to your faith. Add to your faith. Virtue, knowledge, and all those good things in that list there in First, Second Peter chapter 1. Add to your faith. Continue, continuing to prosper in the land is a result of continuing to sow to the things of the Spirit and the character and who you are and the fruit that comes forth from that as you glorify Christ with your life. He began to prosper when he sowed, found another gear, and he continued to prosper in how he handled himself in tricky environments all around him. And then it says, 
until, last but not least, until he became very prosperous. Now, if I just said he, he became prosperous, you'd be like, wow, that's cool. Like, what a great life. Like, you know, here he is, and he's a prosperous man. No, he's a very prosperous man. Don't just settle for half the promises. Get after all the promises. The Lord reminded me this week, when we started this church almost 15 years ago, I took that flight to Sacramento. I was joining Phil Wickham to do a youth camp. Phil was like, I don't know if he was 20. He might have been 20. He was very young at that time. And we were doing a youth camp for Northern California Calvary Chapels. And I was flying, I believe, with Southwest Airlines out of John Wayne. And that story where we took off, and I was really hungry. I didn't get to eat before I caught this flight. I was starving. And the lady came by, like the stewardess and the flight attendant. She says, hey, you want some peanuts? I'm like, yeah. Can I, can I have two bags, though? And she came back, and the whole bag of the bags of peanuts, she came back, and she threw them on my lap and started laughing. I had the window seat. So there's two people going, like, what in the world is this all about? And it was the Lord. And I had this whole bag of all these peanuts. And the Lord said, you know, Joey, this is how I want you to understand me. See, some people settle for one bag of peanuts because they just settle for whatever's given to them. And some people ask and get after a little bit more. You ask for two bags. But, Joy, I want you to understand something. I want you to go for all the peanuts. I want you to go for all of it. I want you to come after everything I got. And I kept that bag of peanuts until they were, like, unhealthy. I kept them for years, the whole entire bag. Phil Wickham's like, can I have one of those peanuts? I was like, yeah, here you go, man. All the peanuts. We go after all of it. Not just to be prosperous for the Lord, but very prosperous for the Lord. There's a distinction. So, began to prosper with the sowing. Continue to prosper with the character and how he handles things in this chapter. You don't change who he is. The external does not define him. The internal and the faith, the altar, the tent, the faith, calling on the Lord. That's what defines him. Not the jealousy and the pettiness and then all that stuff. We see his character arise. We see the greatness of Isaac in this chapter. We really do. Then, in this very prosperous, we think about the legacy of so many people we appreciate. Where just by doing the right thing long enough, as they get down that journey of life, you just look at how they just... It's like good investments that just keep on giving. They're good investments. They just, they just keep on giving. They just... Dividends. They just keep producing dividends. It just keeps on going. And you just... You keep on sowing and you keep on going. To like... Someone like Pastor Chuck at 86 and they're dying of lung cancer. And you just look at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. You look at the Calvary Chapel movement. Look at all the Bible colleges. You look at all the fruit and all the people that aren't even in the Calvary Chapel movement who are affected and impacted by the life and ministry of Pastor Chuck in all sorts of denominations. And it's fruit, 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 fruit. He sowed, he sowed, he sowed. Decades and decades and decades and decades of sowing. Emphasis on grace. A spirit-filled life. The whole counsel of God. Finding the middle ground to, to, to reach as many people as possible. All these good things that are known as Calvary distinctives. And they just keep on going. And how many people like him, like Billy Graham or Greg Laurie or everyday men and women we don't even know who are still in their journey, maybe in the final chapters, where they are very prosperous. Because to me, very prosperous is visiting you in assisted living. Or you visiting me in assisted living 
And I'm there praising the Lord. I'm praising the Lord. I'm sharing the Lord. And I'm shining for the Lord. And I'm at peace with the Lord. That's how this runs its course all the way to the end. You and I want to be very prosperous until the last day. So the key to it all, beginning to prosper, is the sowing to the things of the Spirit and the kingdom, internally and overflowing. And the continuing to prosper, and then to just be very prosperous. Jesus said, what is the prophet of man against the whole world and loses his soul? It's love. It's relationships with love. It's being surrounded by love. As we finish 2019 and enter our last month, may God continue to build us up and encourage us to finish this year strong, whatever that looks like, on the calendar year. And may he give us fresh vision for greater ways to sow in our future to the things of the Spirit, to produce more of Christ in us, the best version of us for the planet, and more of Christ through us to the benefit of the church and to the lost world around us. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.